helping CEOs and business leaders discover the energy to perform exceptional brilliance and positively impact the lives of those around them. Be inspired by world leaders, game-changing influencers, and next-level gurus. This is the Active CEO Podcast, where the ordinary don't belong. And now your host, CEO and founder of Energy to Perform, international speaker and leadership performance coach, Craig Johns. Kia ora and hi, I'm Craig Johns and welcome to episode 123 of the Active CEO Podcast, where we are decoding the next segment of Breaking the CEO Code. Today we're talking about team, the 10 elements of leading high performing teams. Over the past few weeks and months, we've talked about the first four phases of breaking the CEO code, focusing on first leading yourself, which are phases one, two, and three, and secondly, being a high performing leader, phase number four. To be able to lead high performing teams, the first four phases are critical as a team or community culture is only as good as the behaviors the key influencer is modeling. To lead high-performing teams, you need 10 elements. We need direction, roles, clarity, relationships, leadership, growth, rewards, process, trust, impact, and communication. So I'm going to take you quickly through each one of those. And then over the next 10 episodes, we will go through each one, one at a time. So the first one, direction. So create direction and meaning through shared mission, vision, values, and beliefs. So number one, direction. What's really interesting is that when we look at the most successful teams, and we look at the character and culture of the team, it is most defined when there is crisis, when they are losing, but also when they're right at the top and the pinnacle of their game. So to understand that true culture and characteristics, you need to see them at opposite extremes. Absolute success, and when they're at the absolute bottom and things are really challenging. That's when you get to understand the true identity and character of a team, whether in organization or in a sport or other community um, initiative, really important. Now, for that character and culture to be really strong, there needs to be direction in the mission vision, values, and beliefs. And they must be shared. Because if they're just the owners or just the CEOs or the key leader, and there's a disconnect to everyone else, then they will struggle. So if you are hiring people for an organization or you're selecting people for a team, it's really important to Select first on values. Are the values aligned to the organization? Because if they're not, it doesn't matter how skilled they are, how talented they are, 
at some point that'll create a disruption in the organization. So having people that already have the similar values and beliefs will set you up for success. You can always teach skills. You can always hone talent. But if you don't have those values and beliefs in place, it will start to crack. As they say, a ship that breaks and sinks in troubled waters was probably not a sturdy ship to begin with. Because anyone can sail and float a boat in calm waters, but will it hold up when things get a bit murky and rough at sea? The second aspect is to develop clear roles and responsibilities to build team culture. Now it's around having clarity on what each person's role is and what their responsibilities are. If that's not clearly defined, the person will just keep looking for where are the boundaries will, and, and they keep pushing and pulling and going in different directions. If other people in the organization or a team don't know what the roles and responsibilities are of someone else, they quite easily will tread on someone else's toes or they may have expectations that are much higher than the person that's in that role because their perception of what their responsibility is is quite different. It's really important to clarify what are the roles and responsibilities of each person because as human beings, we are designed for boundaries. If we don't have boundaries in place, so we don't have clarity of what our responsibility and role is, we will keep pushing and seeking and finding those new boundaries. And the more unclear things are, the more people will take on, they get in it, which leads to overwhelm, which means leads to lower performance because they're trying to focus on too many things. A really strong team knows where, knows everyone's position and what their role is in ensuring that the, that the team is performing well and has a really strong culture. The third aspect is relationships. So establish diverse professional relationships that are supportive, enjoyable, and dependable. Now, key word in there is diverse. If you select all of the same type of people or recruit people like yourself, then you might be really good at one aspect, but you'll struggle to solve problems effectively when things aren't so clear or something challenges you or adversity strikes. So it's important to have a diverse range of backgrounds, diverse range of um, ideas, diverse range of understandings of the world. But however, you still must ensure that the values are aligned and the beliefs are, are aligned as mentioned in direction. Now we want 
relationships that supportive, so people support each other. We want that positive relationship. We want it to be enjoyable because enjoyable is the number one recruitment and retention tool in the world, which was spoken about previously. And we need to ensure that people can depend on each other. Now, if it's a supportive and enjoyable environment, it's much easier for people to depend on someone else because if they like them, they're much more likely to support them. The fourth element is leadership. Provide a collaborative leadership style through consistent influence and direction. So as a leader, you can't just open up to collaborative relationship unless first you have provided clear direction and ensure that the influence is consistent. So how are you influencing the collaborative leadership style? How are you influencing the people and team? There must be some consistency to it. If you want to build trust and loyalty, you need consistency first before you then start to open up for collaborative leadership. You can't just go and open it up straight away and sit back and watch it because it's likely to fall apart or it's likely to hit in all sorts of directions. So you still must have a really strong influence and direction over the way the leadership of an organization or a team evolves. The fifth aspect is growth. So foster growth through creative risk-taking, problem-solving, and information sharing. Now to do that, you need first to build that trust and loyalty, which is what you start to do once everyone has clear roles and responsibilities, once people are provided with an environment that is supportive, enjoyable, and dependable, and then through that collaborative leadership style with direction, remember. So fostering that growth, because if there's not trust and loyalty to allow people the ability to be creative, take risks, and not be, uh, not have a fear of uh, being kind of expelled from the group if they get things wrong or being reprimanded for getting things wrong. Remember, when you get things wrong, it's a learning experience. If you get things right all the time, you're not growing. So we need to ensure people have that opportunity to problem solve. They need to take those risks and have courage to do that, to be vulnerable for growth to occur. It's important that you have times where people feel they can uh, try things, experiment, etc. You've got to give them room and space to do that. And to ensure that you have sharing of information, you first got to build that trust and loyalty, which we spoke about earlier. Number six is reward. Promote, reward, recognition, and reflection strategies to ensure there is accountability. So if, if you don't recognize something or you don't reward something, then people may be less likely to do something because they're unlikely to be held accountable. So what aspects can you put into your organization or, or team environment 
to ensure there's the opportunity to reflect, to recognize not just those that are seen as the heroes or, or signing the big deals or hitting the home runs. How do you ensure that you recognize every single person in the team, in the organization? Because without each single person, the company cannot rise up. The people that are in the positions to hit those home runs cannot shine. So we need to also reward people for achieving something. And this ensures that there is a, a full circle of accountability inside what each person is doing. Really important aspect. The seventh element is process. So clarify process and structure to enable commitment and method of cooperation. How do we work together? How do we ensure that our collective mission, vision, values and beliefs are heading in the right direction? How is the structure of your team formed? What does it look like? How do people know where they sit and how their roles and responsibilities connect with each other? It's like a puzzle. But we need clarity in that puzzle. We need clarity in how our foundations are solid and built. So what are those processes that need to be in place that ensure that people can work effectively, people can fulfill their talent and their role in the team or the organization? What are those processes that need to be in place that also don't hinder growth and development? The eighth element is trust. We build trust and resilience through healthy confrontation in a safe psychological space. Now trust and resilience doesn't get built if people aren't able to express, if people aren't able to challenge things, if people aren't able to share their different viewpoints and ideas and philosophies on something. Because in that healthy confrontation, where we debate stuff, we find better solutions. And people, get, people learn that it's about experimenting and that it's not always going to be right. So how can we do that most effectively? Now, first you've got to build that safe psychological space. And to do that, you need to ensure that people have the courage to be vulnerable. And for everyone in that team and, and organization environment, know that they're not being judged if they have a different opinion. They're not being judged if whatever they try, their experiment doesn't quite work out how they would like to. Building trust and resilience is so crucial. And having that ability to um, ensure that there is different viewpoints and that we do thoroughly look at an idea, that we test it, we try it, and we give that opportunity for different opinions. The ninth element 
is enable impact through clear outcomes and team performance goals. If you don't know where the destination is, how do you know if you're on the right road or right path to get there? Now, it's important that you have clear clarity on what outcomes and goals have been set for individuals and as a team. Now, successful people have absolute clarity on their vision or their goal. If you look at an Olympic athlete, for instance, they are so defined and have such clarity on what they're trying to achieve that it's really easy then to move away all the distractions and say no to the things that are going to hinder them. That's one of the great things around having clarity is that it's really easy to say no. A lot of people think it's easy to say yes, it's not. When you have clarity, it's really easy to start saying no. So we need to ensure that we have those clarity on what the outcome and team performance goals are so we can enable impact. The 10th element is creating a safe psychological space for vulnerability and open, honest communication. Communication is the absolute essential of all teams, environments, and organizations. And we need to ensure that people feel that they can be open and honest and that they are safe in knowing that they can be vulnerable because that then leads to courage. We must be able to create that space where people aren't judged, where people feel they can be themselves, where people have the opportunity to test, try and achieve something and everyone is included. Not on every decision, but everyone's included in ensuring that they have a voice, ensuring that they have an opportunity to use their talent, have an opportunity to test and continue to grow. Now we need to ensure that we have a space where people can communicate, not just verbally, but non-verbally. And also we need to ensure that as a communication aspect, we're able to observe and most importantly, listen. This is so important. And this is an aspect that a lot of people are missing out of as we do a lot more of interaction and communication online through videos or, or through the phone. So we maybe not be in front of people as much right now because of the situation. So what is really important is to ensure that we get the videos on as much as possible. Because 93% of communication is non-verbal. And we need to be able to, you'll learn so much more by watching and listening and seeing the emotion, seeing the body language and see how people really are responding or how passionate they may be. You can only learn so much from listening only. So we need to create that space where people are okay to have their video cameras on. So no matter where you are, 
whether you're in the office space or you're working from home, how do you create that psychological space for vulnerability and open, honest communication? Because that's when people start to connect with each other. So those 10 elements of leading high-performing teams. Number one, direction. Number two, roles. Number three, relationships. Number four, leadership. Number five, growth. Number six, reward. Number seven, process. Number eight, trust. Number nine, impact. And number 10, communication. A really cool way to maybe remember this is leadership involves building relationships. Roles provide direction. Communicate with impact. Trust the process and rewards equals growth. There are your 10 elements to leading high performing teams. If you found this episode has a positive influence on you, then please feel free to share with your community of influence and proximity so they too can be a world-class leader. Coming up on episode 124 of the Active CEO podcast, we speak with Shane Quinnell about Glide to Soar. Now, this is a pretty epic story that Shane has. You know, he is someone that has explored the world he loves climbing mountains. He is real happy spaces when he's up there in the clouds, when he's flying. But you get to learn a little bit more about Shane and a little bit more about yourself when he talks about a story where he fell out of the sky. To join me in listening to an epic and incredible conversation where we look at how Glide to Soar, the approach of it can help you be a high-performing leader. To learn more about breaking the CEO code, then please go to craigjohns.com.au or join the conversation on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram by searching Craig Johns or Craig Johns Official. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm Craig Johns. This is the Active CEO Podcast with Ordinary don't belong. Join the active CEO movement by visiting www.nrgtoperform.com. That's nrg2perform.com. Share this podcast on LinkedIn and be sure to tag in NRG to perform. Leave a review on iTunes. Drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the NRG to perform Facebook and Instagram pages. Be sure to check out the next Active CEO podcast where the ordinary don't belong.